Fort Worth. Co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Well, good morning to you, Sherry Kennedy Brown Rig, in for Teresa Tamio, who is on pilgrimage, that lucky woman, blessed woman. She goes on so many of them, taking so many folks along. And if you'd like to follow her journey, you can do so at Facebook. There's lots of pictures and uh, lots of musings on where she is going and when. Well, we have coming up this hour... Um, Friday. So we check in with Doug Keck of EWTN. I had to think what day it was. And then we'll talk about an incredible new initiative that promotes spending time with Jesus in the Eucharist. And we finish up this hour with what might be an emotional discussion on how to accompany someone as they are dying. Yeah, that's something that is happening in my life right now. Not me, my mother. Just took her into a hospice home yesterday, so we'll be talking with Michelle Johnson of EWTN. She's had a lot of experience on that and um, is writing a book and working on a nonprofit. So we're going to hear about that. And if you are in that position, it's something that I know you'll want to stick around for as well. I know you've been hearing, especially on Teresa's show, about Jane's Revenge and Ruth Sentis. This is disgusting. And that's, to put it mildly, distressing, another mild term for it. But if you've been reading, Catholic News Agency and National Catholic Register have some great articles that have come out about it online. You can find those there. And, of course, Catholic Radio is covering a lot of it. But what's happening is that they are attacking pro-life organizations Well, just in spades. I mean, they have said that there have been attacks on abortion clinics and abortion doctors. They're happening with impunity. We know that's not true. And so what they are saying is they have demanded the disbanding of all anti-choice establishments, fake clinics, and violent anti-choice groups within the next 30 days. And this was posted on, I believe it was in late May. But what they are saying now is scary. They're calling for a night of rage on the day that the final Supreme Court decision on abortion is issued, and they've put out general guidelines to be adapted for local conditions. So in other words, what they're doing is they are telling, providing blueprints for these groups, these cells, as they call them, um, to go out and attack And they say that it's easy and fun to attack pro-life centers, and they vow to take increasingly drastic measures against oppressive infrastructures. It's really chilling when you read what they have posted. When they talk about cells, think about that. You know, we're fighting a war on terror. We've been fighting this war on terror for many, many years. And they talk about cells. That's exactly what this reminds me of these cells that are operating, and violence is their aim. But yet there's no correlation between what they are talking about in terms of some of the other groups in our country that are really being disparaged simply because of the fact that they don't agree with the government. 
those groups are taken to task and many times jailed, um, disbanded, they are persecuted. But where's the persecution for groups like Jane's group? Now, the administration, President Biden's administration, has said in through his press secretary in a press release that there's no place for violence in the country and they've they've condemned any violence. But they haven't come right out and said that this is wrong. Jane's Revenge and Ruth sent us, which are really false organizations. Jane refers to the Jane in uh, Norma McCorvey, Jane Roe in Roe v. Wade. She would not have <laughs> wanted revenge. And Ruth Ginsburg would never have wanted this kind, this kind of violence. It's absolutely deplorable. And I think about all my friends who work in pro-life clinics across the country and you know, their their livelihoods, their clinics, their lives are going to be at risk. And the people that they serve are going to be threatened. And it's um, it's really important that we who are pro-life, we have to continue to make our voices heard. Not meeting violence with violence, but we have to be able to talk about abortion in a very cogent and reasoned way and try to give the facts to people because that's the thing that is not happening. People simply don't know. When you've got people, organizations like the the Guttmacher Institute, who is very pro-abortion, they've released a study that abortion has risen 8% recently. And one of the things they say on their website with this report, an increase in abortion numbers is a positive development it means people are getting the health care they want and need. Abortion is not health care. Abortion is not health care. How many times can we repeat that? But we have to know why abortion is not health care. We have to be able to, to talk about abortion in a way that helps people to understand that we simply cannot continue to kill our children. When you think about last year, last well, this was 2020, so um, two years ago, there were 930,000 abortions in the United States, a tick under a million abortions in the United States alone. Just absolutely phenomenal and heartbreaking to think about how many abortions happen in this country. Friends, we gotta, we have to mobilize. We have to mobilize in a way that is holy, in a, in a way that is full of the truth, in a way that has love in our hearts for our brothers and sisters, because they're being deceived by Satan. You know, we can't necessarily condemn them, but we have to fight them. We have to be able to continue to say that truth. I'll tell you what I have used lately, is I ask people to stop for a moment and think about that child in the womb, that little human being in the room, and try to get them to understand not a blob of cells, that it really is human. Because if it isn't human, what is it? It's human. Human from the moment of conception. We don't kill humans. And I've had a little success with that. Not always, but you have to learn the tactics. I use this one at work with folks who have, are really just haven't thought about abortion. And there are lots of other ways to do that. Anyway, get educated. Um, EWTN has a lot of resources. Ave Maria has a lot of resources. National Catholic Register, Catholic News Agency, Priests for Life. It's time for us, friends, to get going. We have to do it. We're coming up close to eight minutes past the hour, and it is time for news. 
President Biden is meeting virtually with the Prime Minister of India today. He'll again make it clear the U.S. doesn't want to see a surge on energy imports from Russia. India has bought at least 13 million barrels of Russian crude oil since troops invaded Ukraine seven weeks ago. The war in Ukraine is about to take a brutal new turn. The president says they're ready for Russia's next big attack in the east when troops try to capture the Donbass region. The area already saw a train station bombed, homes and a school hit, and an airport destroyed. Two people are dead and another is injured following a shooting at a church near Birmingham, Alabama. NBC's Sam Brock reports. We are getting a report of a possible active shooter. Police say the gunman entered the church and started firing. So far, authorities have not revealed a motive for the attack, but say first responders were able to end it quickly. The suspected shooter is in custody, but has yet to provide more details. Authorities say the gunfire erupted Thursday evening during what was billed as Boomer's Potluck Dinner at St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in Vestavia Hills. The FBI, ATF, U.S. Marshals, and local law enforcement all responded to the scene. Police in Louisiana say nearly two dozen youths have attempted to take over a juvenile correctional facility. It happened just before 10 o'clock Thursday night at the Bridge City Correctional Center for Youth just outside of New Orleans. The Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office told CNN juveniles began to wander around and even take over parts of the facility after they exited their living areas. About 50 personnel, including the Sheriff's Office SWAT team, responded to the incident. One employee and two juveniles were reported to have suffered injuries in the incident that took about two hours to clear. Former President Trump will give a speech today to a conservative group in Nashville. Trey Thomas reports. Trump will be the keynote speaker at the Faith and Freedom Coalition's Road to Majority Policy Conference, which starts today at the Gaylord Opryland Resort. The former president will take the stage at 1 p.m. Eastern, and his speech will be streamed live on Fox Nation. Other speakers at the three-day conference will include Senators Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham, and former U.S. Ambassador to the U.N., Nikki Haley. I'm Trey Thomas. Two police officers in New York are cleared of pushing a 75-year-old protester to the ground. They were charged with assault, but a court found no evidence they meant to hurt the man, saying he refused to leave the scene. The man hit his head and suffered a brain injury. The airlines are playing catch-up today following yesterday's cancellation of hundreds of flights nationwide, including a, brunt, uh, a bunch in the New York area. Jennifer Polsoni reports. Thursday's weather system canceling about a third of flights at LaGuardia, more than a fourth of flights at Newark. It came on the same day Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg met with airline CEOs virtually about whether they can handle the planned summer schedule of flights and meet the demands of the upcoming July 4th holiday. Thousands of flights were canceled around the the Memorial Day weekend as the industry deals with a shortage of workers, including many pilots. Keeping our fingers crossed there. <laughs> a new poll shows most corporate CEOs believe a recession is looming. Rory O'Neill reports. The survey by the conference board finds more than 60% of CEOs around the world expect a recession to hit sometime in the next 12 to 18 months. Another 15% say their region may already be in a recession. Factors of the economic slowdown, supply chain issues, COVID lockdowns in China, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and rising interest rates around the world. I'm Rory O'Neill. 
The auto industry is bracing for a global chip shortage to stretch into next year. The CEO of BMW is echoing other experts and saying some improvements are months away, but it'll take longer to recover. Supply chain problems have forced some automakers to stop or limit production. Record temperatures are sweeping across the Midwest. NBC's Morgan Chesky says at least 60 million Americans are under heat alerts. That heat combined with humidity in some places could leave temperatures feeling hotter than 110 degrees. Chicago hit 100 degrees on Tuesday. St. Louis broke a daily record with 99 degrees and Nashville set a new record at 97. The IRS wants to give you a break with rising gas prices. Julie Carpenter tells us how. IRS officials say they are increasing the optional standard mileage rate. Right now, the write-off is 58.5 cents per mile when you drive for business travel. The IRS is increasing that to 62.5 cents per mile. The change will be in effect from July 1st through December 31st of this year. I'm Julie Carpenter. And finally, the Golden State Warriors are the 2022 NBA champs. Golden State defeated the Celtics, Boston Celtics, 103-90 to in Game 6 in Boston. Steph Curry scored 34 points to lead the Warriors to their fourth championship in the last eight seasons. Great game, I understand. Well, about 14 minutes past the hour, and coming up the rest of the show today on Catholic Connection, we'll talk with Doug Keck of EWTN about some of the great specials they have coming up. Summer is almost upon us here. It gets here Tuesday, and there's a lot happening at EWTN. And we'll talk about an incredible new initiative that is going to light the fire of spending time with Jesus in the Eucharist really helps during that time as well. And we finish up with the discussion on how to accompany someone as they are dying and how the church, the wonderful graces and the things that the church gives us to to help that person along the way. So it's a packed show. It's going to be great, and I hope you stay with us. We'll be right back. This Ave Maria program is brought to you in part by the nonprofit CMF Curo. Now is a great time to learn about CMF Curo as a pro-life Catholic health care option for your family. You can join any time throughout the year. Plus, you'll experience an authentic Catholic community that cares about your health, spirit, mind, and body. Call 833-GET-CURO. That's 833-G-E-T-C-U-R-O. Or visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com to learn more about CMF Curo. Have you heard the latest and greatest travel news? One more reason to join us on our premier Tease Italy pilgrimage, La Dolce Fide, or the Sweetness of Faith, this November 6th to the 14th. Hi, it's Teresa Tamio, and yes, it's an unbelievable price, some $3,600 for a seven-night land package, including Assisi, Orvieto, Rome, and much more. But now, and here's the latest and greatest news, no reason to worry about having to test to come back home. All testing requirements dropped. No vaccination, no testing, an incredible opportunity to visit tombs of the great saints such as Francis, Claire, Blessed Carlos Acutes, and so much more, except those tests. So call Corporate Travel now, 800-727-1999, or visit us online, AveMariaRadio.net, on our travel page. Call now. The trip is filling up, 1-800-727-1999. Hope to see you in Bella Italia in November. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. 
Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. You're listening to Catholic Connection. Sherry Kennedy Brownrig in for Teresa Tamio, who is on pilgrimage. By the way, follow her on Facebook and uh, other media, other social media. She's on Twitter and Instagram, all those, all those popular social media platforms, and you can find out where she is and when and the experiences that she had. It's an awful lot of fun. Well, Doug Keck is with us. Of course, he's president and COO of EWTN. Doug, summer comes Tuesday. There's a lot happening at EWTN, I can tell, on the website. Very yeah, busy. <laughs> really, absolutely. There, there always is in many ways, but especially now, Terry, you know, because uh, regardless of what everybody else uh, talks about, uh, this particular month being, this really is is the month uh, uh, of Corpus Christi, and that's incredibly important to the Catholic mm-hmm. Church. Certainly was always important to Mother Angelica, you know, Eucharistic miracles, things like that. So, uh and we've also got the World Media Family. So on Sunday, we've got a big event from Hansville, from Mother's Shrine, at uh, 10 a.m., so Lemony of Corpus Christi Mass and Procession. And because of that, we won't have the the, the standard Mass uh, in the chapel, but uh, people can look for that 10 a.m. Eastern time. Also, we're, we're re-running a program that Father Joseph and Father Mark did in the Holy Land called uh, an EWTN Holy Land Experience focused on the Eucharist. Also on Sunday, we've got, of course, Eucharistic Miracles. Miracle in Marciano is uh, going to be focused on uh, at 1 p.m. on uh, on Sunday as well. We'll also got the Mass of Corpus Christi from the Shrine in Washington, D.C. And in our own response to what's going on, the insanity in the world today, the re-airing, a program we're happy to say uh, that we premiered more than a year ago called A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing to the Gender Agenda. And it really... Uh, uh, it takes a look at the underpinning of everything we're seeing, especially today, even more so than when we first aired it. And people can look for that Sunday uh, night at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. It's got some tough stuff, but if you want to find out what's going on, it'll help you understand. Uh, and for those people who've seen Matt Walsh's movie or have heard about it, this gives you a lot of the underpinnings of some of the things he actually just about touches on. Also, next week, uh, Dr. Timothy O'Donnell. It's got a whole series on um, the Sacred Heart. Of course, it's the month of the Sacred Heart as well. Uh, and that's running in our gallery slot next week. And then, as I, I mentioned, our big event, we've got an army of people going to be over there in Rome for the World Meeting of Families uh, starting on Wednesday. We've got some uh, pre-events and a highlight show. And uh, uh, Matthew Bunsen's going to be over there. And Father Petrie's going to be over there. And uh, then on Thursday and Friday, we've got the masses and the conferences and the panels, so people can check that out, starting on June 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Of course, so many of these things will be available on our on-demand platform or on our YouTube channel as well, either streaming live or on-demand after that. So, uh, as you can see, we should be very proud as Catholics of the wonderful uh, uh, feasts our, our Church has given us, and really this is... Uh, a wonderful time to be a Catholic. It is. It's a challenging time to be a Catholic, but you know what? That's actually good for us, I think, don't you? 
Absolutely, as we know, the uh, you know the blood of the martyrs is what makes the church grow. And and you know when things are too easy, uh, you know we take things for granted, and when it's pulled away from us, then we start to realize, uh, you know, what's really important. And I think for us to realize that uh, many of the things we've taken for granted for many many years are under attack. Look at what's going on with the with the whole thing with uh, Dobbs and Roe v. Wade. I mean. We virtually have people coming out and, 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 and claiming they're going to, they've already started targeting, uh, you know, pro, pro-life uh, facilities, family facilities that help women, uh, crisis pregnancy centers, and basically telling people, this is what we're going to do. And we're sitting there in a culture and we're saying, well, where's the reaction to this? Where's the reaction? Why isn't this a big story? Why are we mobilizing Department of Justice? for these domestic terrorists who are threatening good law-abiding people, and you're saying, why isn't that happening? Uh, that wouldn't have been the case even 25 years ago, let alone 50 years ago. That's right. But yeah. uh, but now it seems like it's become semi-okay in the culture uh, to, be, to have these kind of anti-Christian views. Yeah. You know, and I, I know that, that Catholic churches are next because they've already said that. Groups like Jane's Revenge yep. and Ruth Sentis have already, already said started. that. Yeah. Well, it's almost that's 150 right. different things that include Catholic churches being attacked. Yeah, by. I guess that's true. There have been a lot. But you, you don't hear about those at all either, do you? You don't hear not. about those in the secular <laughs> media. Because it's just Catholic. Well, you guys get, you know, you deserve what you get. And right, I, I exactly. Often, exactly. Right. I wonder too about uh, you know Catholic radio and and organizations like EWTN mm-hmm. if if we might be in the sites as well, because I don't think, I think that they yeah. will stop at anything. Well, I you know I, I I'm a I'm a cynical New Yorker, so I don't I hate to be hyperbolic, but when it comes to abortion, uh, it's demonic. Mm-hmm. It really is demonic, and, and you're seeing this with. Even, you know, the images on the web, and I'm not trying to put down or, or castigate anybody who's got emotional issues or issues with self-identifying what they are, what they're not. I leave that up to their doctor um, and to some degree their priest to figure that out. But you look at the the, 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 the rage and the upsetment and, and the anger and the, the you know, of these people. And again, like we've all said, there's a difference between moving from saying I will tolerate a behavior that I don't agree with than the fact that I have to anoint it. And and that's where we are, where we went from saying, okay, if that's what you want to do, I guess I, I don't think it's right. That's not what my church believes. That's not what I personally believe. Uh, but, you know, it's a free country. I guess you could do that to having it either shoved in my face or insinuated into my life, whether I like it or not either through school or just through the media. Yeah, it is very demonic. And, you know, I was pro-choice at one point. It wasn't a, a violent... Yeah, so was I. So was I. Y- yeah, you know, and you probably were in the same boat as me, that uh, that the way I thought about it was I really didn't think about it. I just was like, oh, well, you know, okay, that's the law, that's the Constitution, they decided that. So, um, you know, I may not want one, um, but... Gosh, I just just didn't feel like it was right. really that important, and well, it wasn't. I'm a lot older than you. Very <laughs> I don't say, I wouldn't still, say a lot. You're still a, a young young lady, but <laughs> I lived through the '60s and the '70s, and I certainly I was in high school when uh, Roe v. Wade came down. So, I mean, for a lot of us, even in a good Catholic high school, it was just kind of the idea, like, well, it's not really a baby, and 
you know, yeah. you don't want to push your uh, push your views on other people. It's just a lazy know, way to think about it. Right. And there were a lot of these ideas at the time that told people, well, you know, you need to have some flexibility. Women need this flexibility for their careers and for their livelihood. You don't want some poor girl's life ruined for one mistake. I mean, we heard all of these things. Uh, whether it's pornography, you know, well, just have it on the side and then they'll leave your kids alone. You know, all these things that have totally turned out to be 100% wrong, 180. Uh, but, and uh, thank goodness the church stood against it and the people who still follow the belief system of the church uh, are still stand against it because you know it's, it's wrong, but the, the culture has just, uh, you know, been enveloped by it. Yeah, yeah, it really has. And it's... um. It's amazing how they become so ingrained in our culture that it's so hard to reverse that. And we're seeing that now with the reversal, potential reversal of Roe v. Wade, just the anger of women who have been able to, um, what's the right word for it? Well, I go back to Mother Teresa. You know, what she said at that famous UN speech where she said, uh, um, I think it was the UN where she said, what a poverty that, you know, a child must die right. so you can live the way that you want. And that's right. not always the case. Right. I understand that, but it's just, it's really, really sad. Well, Doug, we've got just about uh, 30 seconds left here. So I want to say thanks so much for being here. And thanks to EWTN for being on the front lines and giving us all this great information and inspiration. And thank you for filling Oh, thank you, Doug. We'll be back on Catholic Connection talking about a new Eucharistic app, I Am Here. Stay tuned. Since 1973, there have been over 60 million abortions in the U.S. For every abortion, there's a man involved, whether he wanted it, fought it, paid for it, drove the car, or fathered the child. If you weren't involved, you know a man who was, and who's suffering in pain and denial. Project Joseph can help lay down that burden. It's a one-day outreach of men helping men deal with the aftermath of abortion on Sunday, August the 11th. Call Project Joseph at 469-416-2101 or go to projectjosephdallas.org. This is Tony Beshera. My wife, Chris, and I own Babbage and Associates. We are the oldest placement and recruitment firm in the state of Texas and proud sponsors of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We're also members of St. Thomas Aquinas in Dallas. Babbage and Associates offers candidates insights into the current job market and provides professional candidates we have interviewed on a face-to-face basis to our employers. Our number to call is 214-823-9999, or you can find us on the web at Babbage, B-A-B-I-C-H, Hey, this is Cecil Anderson, the North Texas assistant of the Guadalupe Radio Network, and I just wanted to say a massive thank you to each of you that called in during our summer share-a-thon last week with our theme of Eucharistic Revival. It was so inspiring to see all the calls from North Texas coming in, and it was a successful share-a-thon thanks to you. Because of your donations, we're able to keep the mission of Catholic Radio going on KTH 910 AM. So again, on behalf of everyone here at the station, thank you so much. God bless, and you are in our prayers always. Loretta House in Denton is a pregnancy resource center that serves women dealing with unplanned pregnancies. They provide free pregnancy testing and free ultrasounds. 
clients receive material goods like diapers, baby items, clothing, parenting classes, and more. Loretta House is an official apostolate of the Diocese of Fort Worth. All services are provided free of charge and remain completely confidential. Many babies are saved and many hearts changed. For more information, visit LorettaHouse.org or call 940-380-8191. Welcome back to Catholic Connection. Sherry Kennedy Brownrigg in for Teresa Tamio. And I've been waiting for this interview all morning long. It is with Edmundo Reyes, who is the Director of Communications for the Archdiocese of Detroit. And we are talking about a really exciting new thing that is happening. It's sponsored by the Archdiocese of Detroit in cooperation with the Hello app a new campaign called I Am Here. And Edmundo, I really have been looking forward to this because, of course, I know about the Archdiocese of Detroit. You guys do great work there, and I use the Hello app every single day. (laughs) So multiple times in a day. So tell us a little bit about uh, I Am Here. What's happening with that? Good morning, and thanks for having me here. I'm so excited to share with you and with everybody that is listening about this campaign that we just launched this week uh, in preparation for the official launch of the National Eucharistic Revival that is happening this Sunday with the Feast of Corpus Christi. The campaign calls to inspire people all over the country to encounter Jesus in the Eucharist and experience the transformative power. And really the origins of the campaign um, have to do with a, a study, a research conducted by the USCCB in preparation for the National Eucharistic Revival. And one of the things that came out of that story that we sometimes as the Catholic Church fail to communicate what difference uh, does the Eucharist make in people's lives. So, um, you know, so this campaign is a lot less about teach, preach, and it's a lot more about show. So we want to show in the lives of people that have been transformed by an encounter with Jesus in the Eucharist what difference it makes. So that's what the campaign is about. I can tell you a little more of the components, but we're super excited about this, uh, this campaign that just launched this week. What an important campaign, too. You know, that, of course, the Eucharist, Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, is the source and summit of our faith, and it's, it's, the, it's the center of it. And so mm-hmm. there needs to be a Eucharistic revival. We tend to get a little bit sort of passe about things. We go to Mass, and, okay, we receive Jesus in the Eucharist, but we sort of, I think, impinge upon his incredible graces, that he gives us when we receive him, when we don't really focus on that. So why did you see that it was important to have this Eucharistic revival? So when you think of evangelization and trying to share Christ with others, right, what's the, what's the common ground? So we're all, old, we're all broken. We all are in need of God's grace. We all face difficulties and frustrations, and, and we want to meet people there, right? And, and not us, but really it's Jesus saying to them that he's here with them. So the Eucharist, you know, we want to present it as, as, as this loving God that wants to meet you where you are and that he chose this way of encountering and being communion with you in the Eucharist as a way to say to you that he is here. So that's why the name of the campaign is I Am Here. Obviously, I Am is, you know, God's name revealed to us in Scripture. I am who I am. And we wanted to say I am here. Um, not everybody, unfortunately, in the Catholic Church and obviously outside of the Church believe in the real presence of, of, of right. you know, Jesus and in the Eucharist. So we wanted to communicate to them. But it's, it's not just a symbol that actually God, the Almighty God who created the universe, is here 
and he's here with you in wherever circumstance you're going through. So the campaign is going to do a few things that I'm happy to share with you. One of them is going to be sharing literally thousands of stories of people that have had a powerful encounter, a transformative encounter with Jesus in the Eucharist. So we want to want to tell people, like, we want people to see themselves in these stories, all kinds of stories uh, from people from different ages and and uh, backgrounds, and we want them all to share these stories with with uh, other people. So, so the website I am here that org will have thousands of stories. Uh, this is a campaign that will last two years. Um, so we're going to have a lot of stories. Out of those stories, every week we're going to feature one with a beautiful photo essay, and it's going to be a longer story, and it's going to be on social and on the website and on our newsletter, so people can go a little bit deeper with the story and really connect with them. So that's one component of the story, but that's just part of it, right, to be inspired. Then we want people to come and see, right, what this is about. So we're encouraging people to go to Eucharistic Adoration and spend time with Jesus. We believe that spending time with Jesus in prayer is going to be the way that people can receive all the graces that God has for them in the Eucharist, and then obviously moving them from a fuller communion, you know, attending Mass of the communion. But we want them to take that first step. Um, and, um, and and we're making that very accessible for people with this partnership with Halo Up. So we created these beautiful meditations um, written and voiced by Julian Sands, a consultant for the USCCB. She's from the Diocese of Green Bay. She's really amazing Irish woman um, that lives here in the United States. And, and she created these meditations that connect uh, I am statements that are in Scripture with the situations that we face every day, anxiety, mm. uh, anger, um, transition. So people can use these meditations while they are in Eucharistic adoration. Gosh, what a beautiful idea, and what a beautiful partnership as well. The website is IamHere.org, so very easy to remember. And I love these stories, Edmundo, and it's interesting because I have my own story where I had uh, came into the church, and I really was pro-choice, you know, didn't really know exactly what I was doing, getting into, had gone through RCIA, and decided to sign up for adoration, kind of like a, okay, prove it to me sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I had an experience where I was in adoration. It was uh, one of those churches that was built before Vatican II. So you had the big altar in the back, and and mm-hmm. um, there were pews on either side, and the tabernacle was there. And I came in and, you know, was was sitting there and presumably praying. If anybody looked at me, perhaps they thought I might be praying. But I was thinking about work. I still had to go to work. Okay, what was happening? What was I going to do later? And was literally interrupted by all this incense in the area and there was nobody there you know father father mel was the priest at that i said father mel father mel nope but jesus said silence i am here yes that's exactly what a lot of people have experienced and we we quiet ourselves too in these very busy uh lives that we live right day and age, you know, time alone with Jesus, and Jesus is there, right? It's not a symbol, it's not just a quiet room to pray, but being in the presence of Almighty King, and being being able to receive the grace that He has for us is is, is, the, is what we want out of this campaign. So we want to inspire them on the front end, but we want people to come and see and experience that. And then the other the other really uh, goal of the campaign is for people like, like you, what you were saying, is to share with others their story, um, you know, throughout the National Eucharist of Revival, I'm sure we've talked in the show, you know, and people know about it, this effort to, to, um, increase the devotion of the, of, of the Eucharist. 
throughout these uh, three years, it's a three-year uh, grassroots movement of, um, that starts this, this Sunday. But, um, you know, one of the things that we, there's going to be a lot of teaching, sorry, information and catechesis on that, and that's actually very good and very powerful. But the testimony is powerful, right? All sharing our story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't need to be miraculous, but sharing our story of the difference that the Eucharist has made in our lives is very important. There's this awesome quote by Pope Benedict XVI um, that we are using in some of our promotional materials for the campaign that says, the love that we celebrate in the sacrament is not something we can keep to ourselves. By its very nature, it demands to be shared with all. It yeah. demands to be shared with all. Edmundo, I always think that if all Catholics went to adoration on a regular basis, this world would be so different. (laughs) We would not have the same world. Well, we are up against a break, but we'll be back in just a few minutes with Edmundo Reyes talking about the new campaign, I Am Here, encouraging Eucharistic adoration. It's time to be inspired, folks. Stay tuned, because we'll be right back on Catholic Connection. Guadalupe Radio Network announces the launch of La Promesa Legacy Circle, formed to recognize and honor our dedicated donors who have made long-term commitments to the network through gifts from their estates. We invite you to join our family and allow us to be a part of your personal legacy. For more information on making a legacy gift for the benefit of the GRN and a guide to charitable estate planning, contact our friends at the Catholic Foundation at 972-661-9792 or info at catholicfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Joshua Stafish, a member of Modern Day Parish in Irving and a new sponsor here at KATH 910AM. I'm the co-owner of Absolute Painting. We serve customers throughout the DFW Metroplex, help them with home improvement projects, both interior and exterior, along with painting, drywall, foundation repairs, and other projects, large and small. I welcome your opportunity to prepare an estimate for your next project. You can find us at AbsolutePTG.com or by phone and text at 972-375-5100. Grief Share is an international grief support program that provides help and encouragement after the death of a loved one. St. Elizabeth and Seton Parish in Keller invites all those suffering the loss of a loved one to its grief support group on Tuesdays at the parish from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. The group is led by volunteers who have experienced grief and will walk with you on the long path through grief toward healing and hope for the future. For more information, feel free to call Bernadette at 817-229-1989. St. Joseph is the patron saint of the home and family. At My Mutual Mortgage of Grapevine, we support the Guadalupe Radio's network's mission of honoring and supporting home and family as longtime sponsors of KATH 910 AM. We're Bob and Norma Duane, owners of My Mutual Mortgage of Grapevine. We would be honored to speak with you about all your mortgage needs. We can be reached at 817-527-3166. That's 817-527-3166. We are an equal housing lender, NMLS 265303. Welcome back to Catholic Connection, Sherry Kennedy Brownrigg, in for Teresa Tamio, not on vacation, on pilgrimage. 
She's in Europe right now. I think she just left Germany. You can follow her on social media and find out uh, where she has been, how she feels about it, and get some pictures in there as well. We are talking with Edmundo Reyes, who is Director of Communications for the Archdiocese of Detroit. And we're talking about a wonderful campaign called I Am Here that is, um, well, it's a conjunction with the Archdiocese of Detroit and the Hallow app, and you probably have heard about that. Maybe you already use it. I'm a daily user many times during the day. Absolutely love it. But it's all about encouraging Eucharistic adoration. And Edmundo, before the break, we were talking about, um, you know, the exciting aspects of this campaign and what it's doing uh, just overall. But there's also a component where you're partnering with parishes to increase awareness of opportunities for Eucharistic adoration. What's happening there? Yeah, I'm happy to share about that. So there's a three components part of the we where we're talking. The first one is these inspirational stories that are published on the website and will be on social media as well. We have the meditations for people to go and and, and know what to do in Eucharistic adoration. So sometimes it can be very threatening to think about a full hour, you know, the holy a holy hour in a chapel is just a, lot, a long time, but it could be a short amount of time, and the, the meditations with, with Halo can guide you there. Uh, but there's the third component, which is this partnership with parishes that we're very excited. So parishes around the country can participate in the campaign by signing up with us and partnering with us, and then we provide promotional materials for them to promote Eucharistic adoration. So they'll receive uh, brochures and banners so they can uh, promote throughout these years of Eucharistic revival in the country Eucharistic adoration. Uh, we think this is important, right? When we look at the research and from the USCCB, um, there's a good portion of Catholics that even people that go regularly to Mass that, that think of the Eucharist as a symbol. And Eucharistic adoration can bridge that, right? Can can make that that people that are just thinking of these as a symbol to really believe in the real presence because it really doesn't make any sense for someone to to go to Eucharistic adoration unless you think that that, that place and there's something special. And, and, and obviously there is, right? There's, there's this presence of God um, there. So, or God is present there. Um, so another thing about, about this partnership, and this is the part that I'm most excited, is that every parish that partners with us will have our own, their own page in, on the website with all the testimonials from their parish that they can share with their parishioners. So it's not just like hearing stories and testimonials of people that have been transformed by these encounters with Jesus in the Eucharist, that are like all over the country, and I don't know about them. I mean, they re- they're kind of cool, but but we want to make it hyper local that parishioners can read other parishioners' testimonials testimonials on the website. So when we partner with them, one of the things that we help the parishes to gather these testimonials and for people to come to come to us and, and submit their story, and then we publish them and we group them by parish. So. If a pastor, if a, if a parish thinks it is a good idea, they partner with us, no cost, they receive all the promotional materials, we help them collect the stories, and those stories hopefully inspire more people in their own parish to go to Eucharistic Adoration. And we're encouraging parishes to expand Eucharistic Adoration offerings in their parishes. Um, some, some parishes have 24-7, but not all of them do that, so considering creating more opportunities for people uh, to come to Adoration. So it's a big push at a hyper-local level to increase opportunities for Eucharistic adoration and to inspire people to do that with these testimonials from that parish. 
Oh, Edmundo, what a great idea. Because you're right, everything is local. You know, we, we live out our faith and practice it through our local parishes and, and certainly hopefully take it beyond, you know, the, when after we're there, go to Mass and attend things. But uh, um, but we identify with our pastors, with our local parishes. So what a great way to get people yeah. excited about and the Christ And it connects people, you know, like you think of it, if people are open to be vulnerable and sharing their own story, you see them differently after you've heard their story and their suffering and their struggle and how God gets them there. And it connects you deeper uh, with that person. So we hope that these also strengthen the community bonds that are part of our uh, communion bonds that are part of our parishes and that people see that we're all together, but Christ is here with us and wants to walk with us and wants to give us his life. Well, you've convinced me. I'll share my story there. Hopefully it'll be in my parish, so that'll be good. <laughs> now, I also know that um, this was created in support of a national Eucharistic revival, which is a kind of a three-year grassroots revival of devotion and belief in the real presence. What's happening with that? Yes, if you ever recall, you may have seen five years ago or so, these uh, Pew Research study came where more than, I think, uh, 0.30% or 40% of Catholics do not believe in the real presence. And that really alarmed a lot of people. And it created that sense of uh, urgency, I think, among the Catholic bishops of trying to address that. So this started when, our, when Bishop Barron was part of the, the leader, the chair of the evangelization committee. So the bishops started talking about what can we do collectively as a church in the United States to remedy these because this is something that we do it well. It can create all kinds of blessings for so many people and can renew our churches and our country. So from then to now, there's been a lot of planning and preparation for what's launching this Sunday at Corpus Christi, which is this National Eucharistic Revival. I love, I love that they use the term grassroots revival. So the hope of the bishops is not to create this top-down program from bishops that people need to implement that is sometimes boring and we're forced upon, but it's supposed to be these grassroots revivals where people like you and I dive these parishes and take initiative and can create these wave of momentum for people to experience the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. So this is why it's a grassroots revival. So I'm sure in, over the next two, three years, we're going to see tons of initiatives. I am here is only one of many that will come out uh, and that will tell people um, the tell people encounter Jesus in the Eucharist. Um, there's going to be campaigns on social media, and publishing companies are doing stuff from from their own end. Parishes and guys will be encouraged to do all kinds of things. Here at the Archbishop of Detroit, actually, on Sunday, it's Father's Day, and uh, we're going to have a procession, a two-mile procession from the from the cathedral to the seminary to launch the Eucharistic Revival. So we're very excited about that. I mentioned that it's Father's Day because I asked my my family, have four children, to come with me. Uh, on this procession, that was my, that's my oh, father's, father's what a great gift. gift. And uh, yeah, so we're going to see things like these, you know, processions, uh, opportunities for adoration, yeah. teaching, catechesis on the Eucharist, and, and we hope that, that the result is people transformed by this encounter with Jesus, yeah. people converted and healed by it. Well, happy Father's Day and, and a blessed feast of Corpus Christi on that wonderful procession. That's Edmundo Reyes. He's Director of Communications for the Archdiocese of Detroit. Thank you for being with us. And the website, IamHere.org. Go check it out and hopefully you tell your pastor about this to partner your parish with this uh, particular initiative that's so exciting. I Am Here campaign. I am here.org. All right, we'll be right back on Catholic Connection. We're going to be talking about how to accompany a loved one 
who is in the process of dying. Michelle Johnson will be here with us, so stay tuned to Catholic Connection. Location, location, relocation. Studies show more than a third of college students transfer and half of those do it more than once. He reminds us of St. Augustine's quote, Our souls are restless until they rest in thee. At Ave Maria University, we challenge this group to visit us, stroll down our palm tree paths, spike a shot on our sand volleyball court, or partake in an outdoor devotion. There's a reason when students visit Ave Maria, they tend to stay. Ave Maria University, your relocation destination. Visit AveMaria.edu. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Abortion. Pornography. Embryonic stem cell research. Corporate contributions to Planned Parenthood. Do you invest in companies that are engaged in these practices? The Ave Maria Mutual Funds do not. And their investment portfolios reflect that. Ave Maria Mutual Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. You're listening to Catholic Connection. Sherry Kennedy Brownrigg in for Teresa Tamio. And one final segment here on the show. It's a packed show, but... I wanted to talk a little bit about death and dying today and how how to really kind of accompany someone on their path to their heavenly reward. And I brought in a good friend, Michelle Johnson. She's Director of Communications for EWTN, writing a book about this particular subject. And, Michelle, you've had a lot of experience. I sure do. Um, it's not something that you would ever ask for, but it's a blessing um, because it's something that you can help others with. Um, and you can't do that unless you've been through it yourself. Yeah. Um, my husband, my father, my sister, um, and now my mom, um, all dying. And um, one of the questions that you had, we have been talking about, is you know what do you do um, in that period right before somebody dies? And I think most of us know the basics. You know, you the sacraments. Of course, you're going to get them the anointing of the sick. Of course, you're going to have them uh, go to confession. Um, and we probably know um, a lot of the devotional type things to do, like a scapular. You want to put that on because whoever dies wearing it shall not suffer eternal fire. We often don't remember the promises. Um, we want to say the chaplet of divine mercy because whoever says that even once, the promise is that the Lord will meet him or her as the merciful Savior and not the just judge. Um, and the incredible promises with the rosary. Um, not everybody knows about the apostolic blessing, and that's something that you need to ask for. Um, 
although any priest can give it, um, they often don't think about it. And mm-hmm. it not only forgives sin, but the temporal punishment due to sin. That is huge. Author, <laughs> yes. uh, it is huge. Author Susan DeSoni calls that the deluxe package to heaven. That's right. Um, <laughs> so if you've done that much, you've done a great job and good job. But there's more to be done that we often don't think about. Um, I would say the biggest regrets that people I talk to have after someone dies are have to do with issues of unforgiveness or not showing enough gratitude, not thanking the person for all that they did for them. And the unforgiveness piece is key because you can't get into heaven if you still have unforgiveness. So you want to help your loved one if they are, you know, holding a grudge, um, to let that go and to invite people to the house that maybe weren't welcome before. And maybe that person also needs to benefit from forgiveness. And it isn't that the person necessarily deserves forgiveness. It's that we've been forgiven. We have not for God has not held us accountable for things that he probably should have. Um, and so because we've been forgiven, we can in turn forgive the unforgivable sometimes. Um, that is such a big deal. There's a shrine in France. It's outside of Paris. It's called the Shrine of Our Lady of Monijon. And I think it's not well known because no one can say it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a world center of prayer for the holy souls in purgatory. And they actually have thank you sorry cards. And people from all over the world come, but you can also do it on their website and fill out these cards so that you can, even after death, tell somebody, I'm sorry, or thank you. I have a friend whose husband died, and she felt so strongly about this that she and her husband actually signed a piece of paper so it's saying that they forgave each other for anything they had done in oh, life. that's beautiful. Yeah. And, yeah, and she said that way if she thought later on, oh, you know, did I remember to say that, she could look at that paper and, and feel, you know, Okay, well, it's okay. Um, The other thing is, you have to give the person, oftentimes, permission to go. Um, I know my husband said to me a number of times, he didn't want to die. He said, "I I can't leave you alone in this terrible world. And I remember looking at him and I said, honey, you can't think you can take better care of me than Jesus. And... I think that gave him some peace, you know, I mean, to know that, you know, I believed and, and I would be okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll yeah. be okay. Um, I also think you've got to give the person to God, and that is a very deep thing to do. I remember we fought so hard. My husband um, was sick for over eight years, and when I finally saw that it was the end and that he wasn't going to get better, I went to the altar in our house, and I picked up a picture of Jesus, my favorite one, and it just said, Jesus, and I was crying. I said, okay, I can see that it's not your will that my husband be healed, but I am asking you, and this has to be your will, that you turn his heart completely to you so he can achieve the highest degree of glory possible. And I know that prayer was given to me by the Holy Spirit because I don't know how I came up with that. But, honey, you should have seen it. I mean, he detached so thoroughly, and it was painful for me to watch it. I mean, it was painful. But I knew he had to do that. He had to let go. 
And, you know, he used to always say to me um, when I would go out in the car, you know, be careful, precious, you know, precious cargo. I knew the, the, the last time he said that to me after he stopped that it wouldn't be long before he would die. And what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Michelle, we're getting towards the end here, but I, I do want to tell folks, you know, that they can go to EWTN.com and find out some of this information here, but we can't wait for your book. When is that book coming out? It's coming out on July 16th, which is the Feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. I'm a secular Carmelite, and it's the 10th anniversary of my husband's death. Oh, where can we get it? Um, you should be able to get it on Amazon. It's called Walking the Way of the Cross for Caregivers. And the subtitle is How to Cope Spiritually, Practically, and Emotionally When a Loved One Has a Serious Illness. Oh, well, that's going to be a very important book. And, you know, we're talking about this because my mother is in hospice and in the process of, of dying right now. And Michelle said before we came on the air, you might learn a few things, too. I got some ideas, and I'm writing these down. You were so right, Michelle. <laughs> Yeah, just so absolutely beautiful. But thank you so much for being with us. We can't thank you enough. That's Michelle Johnson, Director of Communications for EWTN. If you're in that same boat, watch for that book. Thanks so much for being with me today. God bless you. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. Boldly proclaiming the truths of our Catholic faith. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Are you planning on retiring soon and need help deciding on how to financially prepare yourself? The Knights of Columbus and the Christopher Lynn Stark Agency are hosting another Fraternal Benefits Night on June 23rd featuring Ed Slot, CPA. Mr. Slot specializes in retirement planning strategies and opportunities. All are invited to join our free virtual webinar featuring Ed Slot. Ed specializes in the latest retirement planning strategies and opportunities for 2022. For more information and to register for the free webinar, call Stephen at 214-564-3143. Are you looking for a tax preparer this year to help you with your personal or business tax filing or management? At Balance Book LLC, they can assist with business and personal tax returns, accounting services, sales tax, payroll, business formations, and more. They can be reached by calling 972-805-5095, or you can visit them at 4425 West Airport Freeway, Suite 122, Irving, Texas 75062. Balance Book LLC, a new sponsor of the GRN and members of Holy Spirit Catholic Church in Duncanville. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. 
Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network, Catholic radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.